You're listening to episode 108 of the Piano Pantry podcast. This podcast is brought to you by me, your host, Amy Chaplin, with the support of some awesome backers over on Patreon. A special shout out to Christine Bookman, one of my Patreon insiders, for helping bring this content to you each week. If you would like to join the cheering squad, you can do so for as low as $4 a month. If you would enjoy a couple of extra bonuses from me each month, you can join for just a few dollars more. My Patreon insiders have a couple of things coming up this week and next. This Wednesday is our monthly email-focused power hour, where I share one good tip for helping manage your inbox. And next Wednesday, February 28th, we'll be doing the quarterly special, topics of which were voted on by members. Last quarter, we spent an hour going over various tools for creating your own content, and this quarter will be the premiere of a new 20-minute session I'm debuting at the upcoming 2024 Music Teachers National Conference. It's called The Wow Factor, Crafting Winning Proposals and Engaging Presentations. If you'd like to get in on that, visit pianopantry.com forward slash Patreon to join today. Speaking of MTNA, I would love to see you at my session, which will be on Monday, March 18th at 2.55 p.m. You'll also be able to find me in the exhibit hall where I'll be helping Paula Dreyer out at the Little Gems for Piano booth. Now on to today's show. Many of us are using Canva, an online graphic design tool these days for all kinds of things related to social media and resource creation. If you're not using it yet, I highly recommend it. I had a look and have been using it since 2014. It has grown and evolved immensely since then, and there's always something new popping up. Today, I'm going to share a few features that I think you will find useful, and some of them are ones that I wish I had known about sooner. Sometimes you run across features by accident and sometimes by hearing others talk about them. If you're already a competent Canva user, I hope you'll glean at least one new feature highlight that you'll find useful today. Also, stay clear to the end as I have a random life tip to share. Sometimes when you discover a feature in a program you've been using for a long time, it's hard to tell if you were so used to working in a certain way that you were just like completely overlooking it and oblivious or if it was actually a new feature. This first one for me um, is one that I think was there, but I just never really needed it, so I just didn't really notice it. One day I remember looking at the um, page numbers in a document, which the page number is just like in the top left-hand corner, and if you have more than one image inside of your document, um, it'll say like page one, page two, but there's a grayed out wording next to your page numbers that says add page title. And I was like, oh, okay, I can add a title to this page. Why have I never used this before? But honestly, I never did because there was really no reason to, um, especially when you're only having maybe one, two, or three pages per document, you don't really need to name them. It's really not until you start getting really big documents um, where you're going to find this useful. Most recently, we started using this feature in a document where we're creating like informational snippets of every podcast episode to share on social media. Some episodes have one page, 
and some are a carousel with multiple pages. So we've named each page by episode number, which makes it a lot easier to keep track of when looking at the pages in grid mode. If you're unsure what grid mode is, that is where you can view all the pages in the document in one view. It's a four square icon in the bottom right-hand corner of the toolbar. All right, the second item is the option to embed a design into a web page. I just probably started using this about, oh, maybe three years ago when creating testimonials for my studio or product reviews on the Piano Pantry blog. You create your image in Canva, and instead of downloading and then uploading the image to a website, you just embed the link to the design in Canva. It also works really nicely for slideshows. So they're not gonna be able to like see the editing tools or anything. It's literally just gonna be the image. You could create a slideshow of your students in action, having fun in lessons. Like you could just literally import pictures and put them into your um, design and then embed that directly on a page of your website. And then people could scroll through and look at different photos rather than maybe having a page with 10 different photos, you would just have one slideshow. Embedding uses code rather than a web link. So to get that code, you click share in the top right-hand corner of your design. And then the three little dots that say more at the bottom of the page. Third up on our features list is the scheduling calendar. Now I was vaguely aware you could do this in Canva, but because I've always had an outside tool I used for social media scheduling, like Buffer or Tailwind or Meta Business, I never really paid much attention with the scheduling tools in Canva. I think it could be really good though for a lot of teachers to use simply for your studio's Facebook or Instagram page. You can schedule posts directly from a design through the share button or navigate to your full content calendar via the home page. So if you're on the home page in the left toolbar, you're just going to select apps and then it'll just say content calendar. Fourth on the feature list is the QR code generator. Now I've been designing presentations in uh, for conferences in Canva rather than in PowerPoint for about two or three years. And it's pretty well become the norm to use QR codes and presentations for handouts or links to session slides. I've always just used a free QR code generator online until I recently became frustrated with their free limits. Thanks to a quick Facebook ask, multiple people pointed me toward the QR code generator in Canva. Again, this is one of those little things that's kind of right in your face under the share button. But if you're not looking for it or if your eyes follow similar steps a lot when downloading, it can be easy to just kind of overlook features that are right there. The fifth feature you might find useful is the brand kits. I started trying to become more consistent over the past couple of years with my Piano Pantry brand and color scheme, which let's face it, it's still prone to change a bit here and there at my own whims, but that's another story. Um, I started using the brand features kit though, and it has been great. I should probably mention at this point though, that some of these features are only available with Canva Pro, which is around $120 a year, but is 100% worth it in my opinion. You can access thousands of more images, elements, templates, and tools like this with the Pro tier. 
Um, you can even set up more than one brand kit. Um, you can customize each kit with your colors, fonts, and font sizes. So like you could create your own headings, your own body text um, in all kinds of different layers. I have a brand kit for my studio, one for Piano Pantry, and most recently for the upcoming Organize Your Life with Notion event, um, as we're using all of the Notion colors for our social posts. This actually takes me nicely into the sixth item you might want to know about if you don't already, and that's style palettes. If you don't have your own brand kit and you want to have some fun with colors, Canva has built-in color palette styles that, with one click, can change an entire color scheme of your design. It's a fun tool that can help make the design process easy and yet customizable. You can find this in the Design tab at the top and then under Styles. So the left-hand toolbar clear at the top where you click on Designs and then there's usually two tabs, uh, Templates and then Styles. Once you select a style, if you hover over the top of that color set, you'll see an option to shuffle. Clicking shuffle will keep the same color palette, but it will change up which element is assigned which color. So you can kind of play around with the color scheme and layout without actually changing your overall color palette. It's kind of cool. Seventh up is the change all button. This apply all feature has to do with color changes. If you click to change an element in a template and want to change that color in across the entire range of the document without having to manually change the color on everything, you can apply the new color to every instance with one click. This is a sneaky, sneaky little tool though, because when you're changing colors, your eyes are at the top of the page and this pops up clear at the bottom. <laughs> the first time I noticed it, I was like, ah, what the heck? That is awesome. How long have I not noticed that? Um, again, because you just never know if you're like overlooking something or if it's a brand new feature. Anyway. All right. So we're coming into the last couple of items here. Eighth um, on the list is background image tools. There's a couple I want to point out. First is the background remover, which is famous for taking a photo and then getting rid of everything else except like one part of the image. For example, say you have a picture of an hourglass with a gray background. You might just want a photo of an hourglass, not an actual like cartoon element, but maybe you don't want the actual gray background. Maybe you want to overlay the hourglass onto a blue background. This is where you can use the background remover. If you click on the photo, then select edit photo, and then right at the top, it's called BG remover. BG, of course, standing for background. The other background tool I wanted to point out allows you to stretch a photo to the full size of the background in one click without having to manually stretch it out to fit the page. If you right click on the image, you'll see a list of actions like copy, paste, delete, and so forth. Clear at the bottom though, will be an option to set image as background and it will just snap it into place. The reverse works as well. If you right click again and then select detach image from the background, it will remove it as the background. 
All right, number nine and the last feature on my list is somewhat tied to the styles palette that I was talking about earlier. Right underneath the set image as background button that I was just telling you about is an option to apply colors to page. Choosing the option to apply colors to page will extract a series of six colors from that image and will create a style set for that document based on the colors of whatever photo you're using. I just think that is so cool. If you right click and make that selection, but don't see anything happen, no worries, it did it. You just might actually be inside the style section to have seen it happen. All you have to do is navigate to the design tab. Again, that's clear at the top, left hand, you know, toolbar of the page, clear at the top, design and then select the styles tab next to templates. You'll see your new color palette, which is based on the photo. There are so many great features in Canva. It was hard to pick out this list. At first I thought it would only be three or four, but as I started building it, I just knew I had to mention all of these because there are a lot of them that I really wish that I had known sooner. So. I hope in turn that I have saved you a bit of time and that you have discovered a new tool that you haven't already tried out in Canva. As I promised at the start of this episode, I do have a quick tiny tip for you today. While I love our modern day dishwashers, the things can get gosh darn gross if you don't clean them once in a while. I have found over the years that little cleanings more frequently help stave off a worse situation. We had an old dishwasher in a rental house years ago, and there came a point when no matter how much I took it apart and cleaned everything, the dishes were coming out dirty every time. Ugh, <laughs> have you ever experienced this? Even with our good current, um, good quality dishwasher, I have resorted to this cleaning routine. Every time I unload it, I take a paper towel and wipe down the inside of the door and around the crevices. Once a week, the filter comes out for a quick scrub. And once a month, the toothbrush comes out for the gaps and crevices in all those pull-out gears. And then once a month, it gets a cleaning tablet. You know, this is kind of like a lot of things in life. Small little habits can add up to a more manageable and healthy situation in the end. That's my tip. See you next week.